Welcome to the Marriage Puzzle Podcast with Julie and Thomas Hobby. We are marriage coaches who help couples with pain points about money, intimacy, and communication go from being overwhelmed to being secure in their marriage. If this is your first time listening to us, thanks for checking out our podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and a review. Let's dive into this episode. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We have Matt and Jen with us from Intimate Covenant today. Uh, Thank you guys so much for being here. Our pleasure. Yeah. Thanks Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. Sorry that the lovely Julie's not with you, but we're excited Uh, to talk to you. We'll uh, we'll have to schedule another one sometime when she can actually be on as well. But uh, I know she's listening in, so uh, this will be fun. Uh, normally, um, it's it's been interesting the last couple of episodes to not have her here. I mean, I did one by myself, <laughs> which was really strange. Uh, I guess I like to hear myself talk more than I thought I did. Uh, <laughs> I did one with my boys, and that was fun. So, um, but you know, it's it's definitely a change right now. But uh, we're excited to have you guys, and thank you for joining us and just for anybody who's new who might be listening uh uh, my wife julie is currently in the hospital awaiting the birth of our uh baby and our fourth baby and so don't get me wrong i'm not just kind of skipping out while she's in active labor (laughs) and recording podcasts uh she is uh 25 weeks pregnant out of 40 and uh so she is they're just awaiting go time. So uh, we're reaching out to a bunch of our uh, friends in the marriage community and uh, just trying to get some help. And Matt and Jen jumped jumped in full willing and said, we will absolutely help out uh, getting some content out. So um, sure. we really appreciate you guys for doing this. And I want to give an opportunity for you guys to just tell a little bit about yourselves and uh what is Intimate Covenant? Why the name? You know, where, where did it all get started? Yeah. Well, that's a great question. I, I think we both ask ourselves that question on a daily basis. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> How did we get into this? Yeah. Um, we, we uh, uh, Matt and Jen, have been married for 25 years. Yeah. Uh, well, just under 25 yeah. years. Yeah. In July, we'll celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. M- much of that time was spent in a lot of... Um, disarray and with barriers between us and, and, um, a lot of struggles and brokenness. And we came into the marriage with a lot of brokenness, um, kind of brought that with us, but, um, yeah, fortunately somewhere along the way, we, we discovered a path to breaking down some of those barriers and, um, just found a, a deeper relationship. Right. And so from, from that experience, we just could not not share that. And, right. um, we wanted that for everybody, everybody that we knew, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, yeah. We, um, you know, like Matt alluded to, we, we started in a broken place. Um, I had, um, been sexually abused by an extended family member, um, my entire childhood okay. and, um, was, out of that situation when I met Matt, but obviously um, extremely wounded. Um, I had not received any kind of professional counseling um, to really help me begin that healing journey. Um, So entered marriage with that between us, um, which certainly, um, you know, was just a whole lot of baggage, a whole lot of brokenness, um, a lot of wounds that, um, you know, he, he knew of my abuse, um, but we really did not have the tools to, to really know how to deal with that. And so we, we were trying, right. um, but also hurting one another. 
in the process of trying. And, um, and really that's kind of, uh, was our story for, um, right at 19 years of marriage, um, took us a long time to finally get to the point where, um, where we realized things had to change. Yeah. And it's not that we had a terrible marriage or a bad marriage. We probably had a good marriage by a lot of standards, but we knew that there was something better for us. We just couldn't get out of our own way to, to get there. Right. Too afraid of vulnerability, too afraid of, of, um, getting into the the depths too afraid of revealing ourselves to one another too afraid to even see ourselves. Right. 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 So often, you know, you think, yeah, what I went through was horrible, but um, I'm in a loving relationship now. And if I just don't think about it, it'll go away. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that, that's not the truth. You know, trauma doesn't just go away. Um, And, you know, I had built a lot of walls and barriers um, that when I was a young girl kept me safe, but didn't serve well in an intimate relationship like marriage. And so um, thankfully um, Matt was willing to just keep on knocking on that wall (laughs) until finally I decided to, to peek through (laughs) Um, and then brick by brick, that wall came down. Um, I I did receive professional counseling. We went together and I went separately, um, which was tremendous for, for the health of of me, myself, mm-hmm. and of our marriage. Um, and really everything changed after that. And Intimate Covenant was born. <laughs> yeah, well, we, we both became more solid individually. Uh, and so then we were much more capable and willing than to share and to involve one another uh, and to reach a, a much greater depth of relationship. Yeah, we, we've always been the people that love um, teaching and love mentoring. And when we desperately needed mentoring ourselves, we thought we were helping others. <laughs> maybe we were a little bit, maybe not, but, um, but really what, what came out of the path we had walked was that realization that, you know, um, if, if we could provide a healthier walk for others, we wanted to be that light. Um, and really, you know, intimate covenant kind of started out, um, as just, a a Bible study. I mean, we've, you know, approach everything very much from a faith-based standpoint. And um, we had a handful of friends that just wanted to, hey, you guys seem to talk more freely about marriage than other people we've encountered. So let's all get together and just really dive into what does God have to say about marriage? And, um, you know, what are we missing as a church? And that's kind of where it all started. And um, it was just an, an eight-week Bible study. We, we thought two couples would show up. Um, 20 did. Wow. And we went, oh. <laughs> um, and then when we finished the Bible study, we thought we were finished. Yeah. And I was like, that was fun. We're done. <laughs> and people kept asking, when are we going to do this again? And when can we talk about some of these other things? And how can we do this in a different way? And right. so then they talked us into doing a retreat where we kind of got together and we spent the weekend weekend at a hotel and we gave some presentations and we thought, well, that was fun. And right. <laughs> then they convinced us to do that again. And right. so now that's right. an annual thing. And um, yeah. then, then they talked us into doing a podcast. So how hard could that be? Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. um, so now we, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So now we have this weekly commitment, uh, uh, as you, as you do. And, and, and word spread. I mean, the, that original eight week Bible class, um, other area churches and small groups heard about it, found out about us and wanted that for their own selves and their own groups. And so we um, taught that here locally, but then it became, and we had the marriage retreat starting um, here locally. 
Um, and, and then, and then work kind of started getting out and people wanted us to, to travel. And so, um, we now will go, we've been blessed to go all across the country and hold weekend, um, marriage days and, you know, kind of seminars. And so that's been a, been a lot of fun. And definitely if you had asked me 10 years ago, where did you, would you see yourself? This would not be where I would see myself. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. I mean, one of the things that, you mentioned, uh, it sounds like there's a little bit of a theme is the vulnerability. And, um, you know, I, I heard that when you said uh, that Matt knew your history, Jen, when you guys went into marriage, which is good. Um, but you also said that, you know, there was this kind of dance of, you know, not wanting to be vulnerable or, or maybe not necessarily not wanting to be, but maybe not even realizing that you weren't being fully vulnerable throughout yeah. the marriage. And, and so, yeah. um, you know, as that happens, uh, it's difficult. And, and then I love that you said you guys both went to counseling and got better yourselves individually, because it kind of takes you back to that old adage of, you know, if you don't love yourself, you can't love anyone else or, or no right. one else can love you kind of kind of a thing. And right. so, you know, I love that you both took that seriously and that, you know, you took it seriously at 19 years of marriage. I mean, or, or yeah. whatever the yeah. right. timeline was at that point yes. when you decided yeah. to do that, but um, you, you had stuck it out so to speak, for so long yeah. that it was, uh, you know, like you, we've got to keep pushing. So, um, right. I, I mean, first of all, congratulations on 25 years. That is you know, you. an amazing feat. And, you know, with a, with a story like that, um, it's, it's even, there's even more weight to it. And so, um, tell me a little bit about the vulnerability side of that. I mean, you, you went into your marriage knowing what was going on. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of couples who have similar stories that go into their marriage, not knowing that information about their spouse because the vulnerability is scary to open up to someone. Um, Can you speak a little on that? Yeah, sure. Um, Right. You know, and I was very young. Um, I was um, 18, almost 19 when we got married. Um, Matt was 21, so much older and wiser than me. Right. (laughs) We were babies. you know, and, and like I said, I had shared what I could share about my story with Matt. Um, but frankly, I really didn't even have the words to share the fullness of it. Um, because I couldn't even face that myself. Um, and I think that was really what held me back is because I myself couldn't even really comprehend and understand the damage that had been done. Um, you know, the horrible, horrible thing about sexual abuse is that, the, the shame often falls on the victim mm-hmm. versus the perpetrator. Right. And so I had cloaked myself with so much shame that I thought the answer, the only way to soothe that shame was just to kind of hide in silence. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I knew that I needed to share at least some of that with Matt. Mm-hmm. I wanted him to know me and know all of me. Um, but, you know, it was very difficult when I didn't even know myself. Right. Um, well, I, I think that's an important point that we, she had shared. And so we felt like, well, since I know, and she knows that I know, well, now we know. And so right. it's in the past. And so now and we can we'll just love each other enough sure. that this will go away. But we, um, we but didn't, didn't, we didn't understand the depth that that impacted her and us and yeah. how we were relating to one another and how, and all of the, 
coping mechanisms that she had developed to survive that trauma, all those coping mechanisms were damaging and also creating barriers between us. And again, right. barriers that we didn't recognize, barriers that she didn't recognize, yeah. um, barriers. We knew that there was some, there had to be something better. We were stagnating sort of in our yeah. daily walk. Again, we had a great marriage and, and lots of people respected us in our community, in the church, in my job. Lots of people respected us and even thought that our marriage was fantastic, but we knew that there was something missing, that there right. was something that could be better. Yeah. Right. And I, I think really what, what kind of led to the change was, was that knowledge that this could be better, that good could become great. But I was terrified of, of that. I was terrified of the idea of change um, because I knew it would require more vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it felt comfortable and safe behind my wall. It didn't right. hurt. I thought <laughs> what I didn't realize is the level of pain I was dealing with behind my wall. And that once we finally sought the help, we, we sought help. We took those steps together to say, okay, how can this become better? Um, then I recognized that when I tore down those walls and really let him in, when I really became known, when I really finally looked at myself for who I really was, what had happened to me, I was able to then put that in a better place within my, my own heart that it didn't control me. And then I could become intimate. I could become vulnerable with him. Wow. That felt so much better, you know, and it kills me to think that for 19 years, I missed out on what it felt to truly be intimate in all ways, not just physically, but emotionally um, and mentally, you know, with my beloved and to really be known. So we're making up for lost time now. <laughs> <laughs> That's good news. That's good news. Yeah. Um, you know, something, something I want to ask that just kind of came to my mind is in a situation like this um, or, or, any traumatic situation, I think there have to be some red flags that you guys have seen that, you know, might stand out to someone if if they're walking through a situation with their spouse like this of, you know, where, you know, uh, Matt, you mentioned just getting stagnant. And, you know, some of that is just, you know, a lot of stuff that we talk about on our podcast is just, you know, your, your routine is messed up or, or things like that. You just kind of have to get back to normal. But then there's some things that are so much deeper on a deeper level, like what you have experienced. What are some red flags that you maybe have noticed that are this is deeper than just our schedule being off or one of us is working too late or we're under extra stress at a job or, you know, the kids, you know, cause these uh, schedule yeah. conflicts or whatever. Sure. What are some red flags you've seen that relate to those deeper topics where you say, okay, I'm seeing this symptom or this thing. We need to seek external help from a professional to kind of work through this. Yeah. Good, good question. And, and I would say, I think, whether there's trauma or not in your relationship or past trauma, or whether you think that you're, you have trauma in your past or not, um, there still are red flags that would suggest that there is, it's more than just a little extra stress here or there that's, that's damaging the relationship um, or, or, you know, scheduling conflict or whatever. Um, I think one important thing, at least though, as it pertains to trauma is that if, if there is something in your past that still causes you anxiety from time to time, that's something that needs to be dealt with. Okay. And if, 
if the way that you're dealing with it is not alleviating that, that anxiety, then some professional help would go a long way to helping you work through it. And that's definitely a sign that there's something there that you need to work out. Right. I mean, for me, you know, there would be triggers that would come up out of the blue, you know, um, and all of a sudden I would be thinking, remembering things that I didn't, I didn't choose to remember in those moments. And I felt very out of control of my own thoughts and afraid of triggers. And so I felt like I kind of always was walking on eggshells because I never knew where the next trigger would be. Um, you know, in hindsight, one of the red flags was that um, when that would happen, I would pull weight inward mm-hmm. and I would distance myself from him. I, I wouldn't share, you know, what had happened to cause a trigger. Um, I would feel a sense of like kind of anger and frustration at my own self. Like, why are you thinking about this? Why can't you just get over this? Um, But that would put me in a place of more silence. And I would say to anybody that feels like when, you know, that maybe has suffered trauma, when there's that sense of that, the answer is just silence. Mm -hmm. That's a huge red flag that actually you need to talk to someone. And, and I, I was terrified of counseling. I think in the back of my mind, I always thought, well, counseling is just, they're going to sit me down and they're going to make me immediately tell all the things that had happened to me. And I can't even tell that to myself. Why would I tell that to a stranger? Um, And yet when I walked into that counseling office, I was met with an individual um, who just wanted me to just start learning who I was and helped me see that I had control over my thoughts. It wasn't until way into the counseling session that she even started sort of exploring the edges of what had actually happened. Um, And so I tell that to people all the time. Like if there's trauma, don't think that the answer is just, if I can just say it, you know, then I'll get over the trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, Because really what needs to happen is you need someone that will help professionally lead you through the process of knowing how to look at those things that have happened and put them in the right place within your mind and in your heart Mm -hmm. to where they're not controlling you and you have control over your own thoughts. So, you know, and and that can open a doorway then to be able to communicate and live with your spouse in a much fuller way. Yeah. But whether or not there's trauma in your life, I think some really important red flags um, is if you're having the same kinds of arguments or conflict mm-hmm. and it's never, you're never coming to any kind of management of that conflict or resolution. Now, you know, there, you're always going to have kids. So you're always going to fight about kids. <laughs> you're, there's, you're always going to have different degrees of sexual desire. So you're always going to have conflict about that. But when those things are becoming unmanageable or they're constantly unmanageable, that's when it would be is helpful to sometimes bring in a third party who can help navigate um, those conversations. Because usually what you're fighting about is not really what you're fighting about. What you're fighting about is on the surface and that's the manifestation. But at the deeper level, there's some way that you're missing how you relate to this other person, how you're communicating, how you're relating, um, how you're hiding and how you're avoiding sometimes the the places of conflict. Um, And so that's where a professional can help you see that deepest layer Mm -hmm. that can often can help smooth out, not just what you're fighting about here, but what you're fighting about in a much more general sense as well. Gotcha. That's great. Um, And 
let's let's talk a little bit about Intimate Covenant, the name. Tell me about that. I mean, you yeah. told me kind of how it started. How did you get the the name, and and what does it mean to you? And and I guess you know what's what's kind of your mission, your goal there. Right. Um, going so help other people. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's there's kind of two um, there's two words. Obviously, Intimate Covenant, um, and we didn't choose it to be confusing, but sometimes it is a little bit confusing. One one of the reasons we chose the word intimate is because that word intimacy or, or being intimate is used, unfortunately, as a euphemism for sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what, one of the reasons I chose intimate in the, in the name of our mission is to help kind of break that down. But really what we're getting, getting at with intimate is, is oneness. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, what we're looking for is intimacy in every realm, not just it sexually, but intimacy in terms of that vulnerability, that oneness, that closeness um, that should be present in, in our marriage relationship. Um, so that's why we chose the, the term intimate. Right. And then, of course, covenant is, uh, comes from obviously this, the, the spiritual idea that marriage is more than just a partnership. It's more than just uh, a, a tax benefit. It's more than just uh, a baby making factory, but it is a covenant from God um, ordained and established by God. And it's, it's a, it's an agreement. Certainly it is a um, contract, if you will, in some sense, but it's much more sacred than that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and covenant implies that, this is the choice that I have made to give all regardless of what the other does or doesn't, you know, with a contract, um, if, if he doesn't uphold his end, then great. My contract is canceled. I'm out. Mm -hmm. Um, but covenant carries so much more weight because covenant is saying, I choose you. Mm -hmm. I choose to love and serve you. Mm -hmm. And I choose that regardless of what you do tomorrow. Right. Um, and, and so I think together, you know, having that, the intimacy of truly knowing and being known by one another, when we have that foundation of our covenant of a shared covenant, that that's powerful. That is a marriage that withstands so much more and, uh, you know, is, is not sidetracked by all those little conflicts that, that will come up. Well, you know, and, so. and there's some strength in that word, uh, covenant, like, like yeah. you were just explaining, Jen, that um, it's, I love the analogy used about the, the contract or the agreement. I mean, the other side of that is, is I mean, your contract could be canceled, but you can also w- uphold it. You can choose to say, no, you need to uphold your end of the bargain. And yeah. that, that covenant kind of wipes that away and says, like, I'm not going to hold you to a specific standard other than who you are, I'm just going to choose yeah. to be there with you along alongside of you. Um, you know, a, a covenant is uh, more of a, a walking together type of yeah. thing rather right. than, you know, partnering, right. like you said. I mean, it's- yeah. and, and a covenant requires relationship. Right. Um, I don't have a covenant with my, you know, the guy who sold me the house, my right. house, or my car, right? <laughs> uh, just a contract between us. Yeah, we sign our names and we have a contract, but I don't really care who he is or have any any engagement with him. But with a covenant, the covenant implies relationship and deep relationship and a walking together, as you put it. I think uh, that's the idea. Right. 
That's great. I, I love that. Um, so, you know, after, you know, 19 years of marriage on to 25. So I, I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, from an outside outsider's perspective, kind of hearing that story, I would think that once you got to that 19 year mark and you had that breakthrough, that that almost maybe felt like you started over, you started fresh, oh, you know, yes. uh, you were newlyweds at that point, you know, even though you yes. had been married for 19 years, you were actually newlyweds because you had this deeper relationship that you could actually explore. Um, so, so tell me, uh, you know, we've talked about some of the red flags and things like that, which I feel like from your story are probably more in that first 19 years, but from that 19 to 25, what, what are some things that, you know, you would say are, are some good pieces of advice that you could give to someone who's just starting out? I mean, you've got this 25 right. years of experience, which is <laughs> awesome, but you know, you've also got this uniqueness of the last six years have been yeah. really kind of that newlywed time frame um, to to some extent. I mean, obviously, this is a this is a you know a big uh, kind of ball of yarn situation, right? right? right, uh, right. Of, of how do you connect the different pieces here and there? But yeah. you know, if you can kind of make a dividing line and look at the black and whiteness of that, how what would you kind of give us some advice from that point? Well, and I love that you're 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 um, bringing that out because actually there there is a moment, and we were. We were on a little weekend getaway together to this itty bitty cabin in like the middle of nowhere, Texas. Um, we had just, we just needed to get away for a little weekend. And um, that was the weekend that everything changed. And that, that little cabin was yellow. And so we talk about our marriage before the yellow cabin and after the yellow cabin, um, because yes, the last six years of our marriage um, are very different. Mm -hmm. really, you know, I think for us where we really recognized, um, that we had been missing one another and, and was in the sexual realm of our marriage. Um, what I had to learn was that the place that I had been wounded the deepest was also the place where I could experience joy beyond comprehension. Right. And when, when we did the work of healing ourselves, um, and of healing our marriage, I think everything changed then, especially um, our sexual relationship. And we finally started seeing that sex was so much more than icing on a cake and marriage, mm -hmm. that, that sex was the eggs that held the cake together, yeah. you know, and for too long, we had sat the sexual part of our marriage off to the side, you know, it was great when it worked and oh, well, when it didn't, even though it really wasn't oh well, right. It really caused a lot of conflict. Sure. Um, and so I think that's really, and really that's where intimate covenant has kind of found its wheelhouse. Um, we kind of started out really talking about just marriage principles in general, but we were very willing to talk about the sexual aspect of marriage in a way that, Others, especially within faith-based groups within the church, had not. Mm -hmm. And um, that's really kind of, there was kind of a pivotal moment where we recognized, okay, this is, this is where God is calling us to speak most. Yeah. The more we talked about it, the more people wanted to talk about it um, because they had no other safe place to ask some of the questions that they wanted to ask. Right. They, they couldn't go to their their preacher's wife or the elders or pastors at their churches with these questions. At least they didn't feel like they could. They should, but they could, they didn't feel like they could because 
too long the church has cloaked sexuality in so much silence and shame. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and thank God that that's getting better. There are good resources for people to talk about that now so much more than there was even five years ago. Right. Um, but that kind of became our wheelhouse where we where that's kind of where we have focused, especially right. our podcast. Now, a lot of our other seminars and the retreats are not all sex focused, if you will, but that's been something that we just wanted to emphasize, at least with our podcast in particular. And I think that's where we really, you know, when we are, um, when we have the chance to speak into a brand new marriage or a young marriage, um, we're really trying to help them understand um, not just the technicalities of sex, but the meaning of Mm -hmm. sex. Mm -hmm. What did God have in mind? I mean, when you just look at sex, it's like, well, that's weird. (laughs) You know, what is that all about? Um, But there's something so much greater and so much deeper to to sex. And the fact that God himself prescribed that that intimate relationship is meant to be had within a covenant. Mm -hmm. Why? Why is casual sex damaging? Why is sex within a covenant so much greater and so much better? Um, and so we really try to, um, to, to work with young married couples all the way up to, to older than us um, to just understand the beauty of sexuality, yeah. the holiness of that, sexuality. That, that it's not just an act, yeah. but sex is a relationship. And it should be a part of your relationship that is building connection. Mm-hmm. If you're not feeling more connected after sex, then you're doing it wrong. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's, that's, I think, one important thing that we have learned. I think another important thing that we've learned is the idea of embracing conflict, mm-hmm. which feels like an oxymoron <laughs> or this great paradox, but, but learning to embrace conflict as an opportunity to learn more about your spouse. Right. Whatever you're having conflict over is because your spouse wants something different than what you want. And instead of trying to win the argument, Instead, back up and try to focus on what can I learn about my spouse in this moment? What are they telling me that they need and how can I serve them better um, because of this conflict? So embrace it, have the argument, have the conversation, have the fight, if you will. There's maybe better ways to do that than others, but have the fight so that, but with the intention of what can I learn about my spouse instead of how can I get what I want? Right. I love that. I think that that's that's huge. I mean, you know, you, you just opened up a whole different podcast episode with that <laughs> one because I mean, that, that really gets into all different levels of communication and, and conflict resolution and, and things like that. Maybe it's two episodes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right. And, and all of those things do kind of go hand in hand. And, and, you know, one thing that I'm seeing uh, that I, that I hope our, our listeners will see is that, um, you know, you guys, uh, have this focus on sex, but you also have this focus on intimacy, and that it's it's such a difficult concept uh, because they go hand in hand, but they're mm-hmm. such very different things. Like you sure. have to have both in your marriage um, right. together. You have to have them working together, but yes. they're two absolutely different things that they really don't happen at the same exact time, right? Exactly right. I mean, I mean yeah. The, the, <laughs> when, yeah. you definitely have sex without intimacy. Right. And, well, and, and, right. and I, w- I would almost say that the act of sex is, uh, although it is intimate during that moment, 
you're yeah. not focused on the intimacy. You're it's pulling in right. after yeah. where the intimacy comes in. And exactly so, right. Uh, right. And so, right. And it's learning to see that beautiful balance and that beautiful dance together mm -hmm. of, you know, when our focus in sex is connection and pleasure is the byproduct of that, mm -hmm. then when we're each individually in those moments of deep pleasure and in those moments of really actually pulling in, fo focusing on myself, the foundation of that though is this focus on myself is connection with him. Because it's shared, it becomes mm -hmm. shared and, and that becomes the focus. Yeah, but it's learning how to then take that and talk about it. Yeah, we, we like to say that afterglow is really the best part of sex. Right. It's not orgasm. The best part of sex is afterglow. Right. Right. Because that's the moment when you are the most exposed, the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Now, frequently we like to, you know, clothe ourselves, clean up and get in bed mm -hmm. uh, and scroll Facebook. Because you know? that vulnerability is it it's it feels scary. Yeah. yeah. But if you can embrace that uncomfortableness of the vulnerability in that afterglow, then you have a place where you're really building connection. And right. I think that's really where the focus ought to be. Right. Yeah, that is great. I love it. Well, uh, thanks so much for joining us. I, I want to give you guys a minute to uh, let people know how they can find you guys because you have provided such a great resource in this episode. I want everyone to all of our listeners to be able to find you guys too. Oh, well, well, thank you for that. So uh, you can certainly reach us at our website, and that's kind of the most central place, uh, intimatecovenant.com. Mm -hmm. uh, we also have a weekly podcast. It's the Intimate Covenant Podcast, as you probably would guess. Sure. Um, <laughs> and um, we're also on social media, uh, Facebook and Instagram. So right. those are always good places to catch up with us as well. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for jumping in and helping me and my wife Absolutely. out uh, this this episode. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, this has been a huge blessing for us. And I really hope it's a huge blessing for our listeners because there was so much great value that uh, the two of you just shared. Um, but uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. So and much. God bless you and, and your wife as well. Good luck with everything. I know you've got a some anxious few weeks and months ahead. So we'll, we'll, we'll be holding we'll you close be in our prayers. Yes, for sure. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thanks so much for being here. Um, if this is your first time, thanks for checking out the Marriage Puzzle podcast. Make sure you go follow us on social media at Marriage Puzzle. And you can go check out our website, marriagepuzzle.com. And as you heard in the beginning of the episode, Julie and I are marriage coaches. We'd love to have the opportunity to interact with you um, on a couple-to-couple -couple level. So you can go to our website and schedule a free discovery call with us. And we can see what we can do to help out your marriage. And uh, as always, we look forward to you joining us next week. We're together. We'll work on marriage one puzzle piece at a time. See you later.